Press Play and Tape Podcast. That's what it is. Episode 13. Ooh, 13. Scary. Isn't it, Alex? Luckily, it's not Friday, mate. So, yeah. G'day, yeah, that's all right. Oh, g'day, mate. Tells things. Pretty good, pretty good, man. Um, I just realised that uh, uh, it's our anniversary, my friend. That's right. That's right. And, um, yeah, one year. One we- year. And what are we going to celebrate it with? The yeah. best 16-bit <laughs> computer on the planet. The Amiga 500. Mate, I'm hanging up. <laughs> no, no, what are we? What are we celebrating this episode with? Stop me up, stop me up. Uh, the Atari ST, man. The Atari ST. The one and only. Okay. Computer. Okay. It starts you... start to stop with the ST and that's it, man. So, <laughs> Amiga fans, Amiga fans switch off right now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. It's Sunday morning here in Australia and... Um, We've got a very, very special guest uh, as well joining us all the way from the UK, Daz. Correct. And our special guest is Mr. Paul Monaghan from the Maximum Power Up podcast. How you doing? I'm not just bad. It's uh, just after 11pm here in the UK on a Saturday night. And uh, I'm really, really happy to be talking to you both. Oh, cheers, man. Especially about one of the, one of the machines that I love. Yes. Yes. Okay, uh, guys, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm. Go- <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll um I'll step out now and go and go make some breakfast, and I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me and Alex will get talking. Daz, you're missing out, mate. You're missing out. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, Dory, I, I, have a, I have a few questions. You'll, you'll probably answer in the intro anyway. You know, with a little description, no, no. In, but. But um, <clears throat> and I know, and I know we've been uh, mucking around, and you were uh, giving us shit about, you know, how we're going to fill um, an hour worth of a show <laughs> on the ST. But trust me, we're going to be struggling. But um, so, without further ado, I reckon um, kick it over to Paul to let him introduce himself and exactly all our listeners and everyone else how he got into gaming, his favourite systems, and um, and then yeah, we can delve straight into the ST. What do you reckon, guys? Yep. Okay, that sounds that sounds great. Look, thank you. Um, my name is Paul Monaghan. Um, I'm one of the co-hosts from uh, the Maximum Power Up podcast. Um, we've been doing that now for just over a year, and we cover retro gaming as well as modern. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think. Uh, my favourite system is Super Nintendo. Always, always, always loved that. My first machine was the Atari ST, and that's why I'm very, very happy to come on today to talk about it. Um, yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell, really. Nice. That's pretty good. Uh, the fact that you've... Um, I could go on for a lot that, longer. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the ST was your first computer, man, that's just a massive thumbs up all the way from Australia. So, um, yeah, love that computer, but uh, sorry. You can um, proceed, Mr. Monaghan. Okay. Um, well, really, every single time, like, you know, I've discussed a console or computer, you know, like on my own show, I'm, don't, I'm not really one for going into all the technical capabilities and everything like that, <coughs> but uh, just, like, start really with own little bit of brief history from the ST for myself was Christmas 1989. I got my Atari 520 STE. Um, this power pack, um, 20 games with it, 
And I thought, this is it. This is absolutely amazing. I've got to be honest, I wanted an Amstrad 464 that Christmas because that's what my friend had. And, oh, well. Uh, no, I was given the ST. It's what? Uh, I you think the right yeah. choice. Yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's at the time I was like 10. So, you know, like uh, all my mates had like 8 bit computers and stuff. <clears> but <throat> the idea was my mum wanted me to have a cons well a computer sorry that was going to be great for schoolwork. you could play games on it but it was going to do everything so like before like doing well doing research for this show you know it's like having a read on like how vst came about and that was a whole idea of like you know atari wanting to actually bring out a great computer that was affordable powerful uh, obviously, could play games. Although that wasn't the original aim for it. And you look, you look back at the ST, and yeah, you've obviously got all your Amiga fanboys and everything. But the ST's got a massive fan base. It's you know like one of the amazing tools that musicians used. So many different artists and everything. Um, so yeah, it's it's always going to have a special place in my heart. And I think that's something we're going to obviously discuss a lot more, you know, some of our own favourite ST memories, you know, the games, um, actually owning the machines. I could always talk about magazines for ages and just all sorts of things like, you know, what probably finished off the ST and all sorts of stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, what, what do you feel, Alex, about it? Uh, um, I just actually love the um, the connectivity to the Amiga. Um, the fact that um, you know the ST actually almost did start off as the Amiga, um, and then it actually went nowhere with um, J Minor. So um, yeah, and then the fact that Jack Trammell, old Commodore guy, uh, ended up buying um, half of Atari and um, proceeded with the ST. It's just uh, yeah, the fact that um, those two machines were actually um, yeah. They were so actually close intertwined, and then they ended up being, um, you know, um, at, at war with one another. Well, us uh, kids in the school ground were anyway, but um, <laughs> yeah, now look, uh, yeah, just like yourself, uh, Paul, it was um, in, in uh, 1989 that I got the ST. I actually went from a Commodore 64, I was a diehard Commodore fan, and look, the actual honest truth was, uh, is that the Amiga was way too expensive um, in Australia, so the, the actual cheapest Amiga pack you could get was around 800 bucks. Yeah, and it was just a um, yeah, just the uh, computer, and that was it. And whereas the ST, like you said, that uh, twenty, uh, the Power Pack, um, you know, you had all those awesome arcade games, um, which means you probably wouldn't have had to buy games or pirate games for a while yet. Um, so yeah, uh, so yeah, the the first reason was um, the Amiga was too expensive, the ST was cheaper, um, and really the games at the end of the day to me they both look awesome compared to the Commodore 64 obviously in graphics. The sound I always actually preferred the Commodore 64 to the Amiga or the ST. I know that's um, really hell, but yeah, oh, look, I just absolutely love the Commodore 64 SID, man. Um, nothing, mm. nothing comes close to it. It just, um, the, it's got a distinct <clears throat> sound. Um, obviously, you know, the ST and Amiga can do fantastic things with sound, but um, no, there's something. Uh, yeah, you got to, yeah, I've had the Commodore 64 SID that um, that no other computer or console has ever ever done for me uh, no i agree yeah i guess yeah i, I get what you yeah, mean i get you mean sound. it's like it's like it's it's like it's like the nest having its own sound you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. yeah correct yeah 
the thing mm. is though like I've always um, stuck up for BST in regards to you know sound capabilities because I've looked at it from you know something Sony musicians have used as you know previously said but like when um, for like our podcast when we had our episode about Gremlin Games well sorry Gremlin Graphics Mm-hmm. Um, I was comparing like music for uh, Supercast 2 on the ST and then the Amiga and yeah it saddened me to hear the ST version of the music you know it's like yeah that's not quite as good but then that's not to say you know like thinking back to being a kid I never actually listened to um, you know the game music and thought god this sounds awful you know at the time I thought there was some really really great music on it uh, and like I say, it, the ST had a bit of a head start on the Amiga because, like I said, Alex, the price and the fact you got like some really, really, really good um, game bundles, you know, with the system and like with that power pack, there was loads of great stuff. I remember getting things like Double Dragon in it, Afterburner, um, Buggy Boy, and there were just tons of games. So yeah, uh, it was a while until I started um, going onto the piracy route. <laughs> Yeah, like everyone else did, yeah. yeah. But the fact that it's been around um, for, well, um, came out in 1985, but yeah, I, I, it didn't actually pick up here in Australia until the very, very late 80s, so it would have been, yeah, uh, I think around the um, STFM and the STE days, um, so around 89, that it really, really picked up. Um, the Amiga always had a head start, as in it sold very, very well, yeah, even though it was expensive. Um but the ST, yeah, I know I had a um, few mates that were into music and um, they chose the ST, so um, yeah, I, I didn't need much convincing, but um, yeah, I, if if I had the money, I probably would have gone the Amiga and we wouldn't have been having this conversation. But <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> no, seriously, the ST, um, uh, yeah, it, it, it sort of surprised me even at the time because, um, uh, you know, Atari, I thought, well... You know, Commodore, surely from the Commodore 64, the Amiga is going to be, you know, uh, a, a massive step forward, and it was. Um, but yeah, the Atari ST was right there as well. So, um, you know, that was that was uh, surprising, but pleasantly surprising. And, I mean, yeah. One one thing that I think people seem to forget when they discuss the ST, because it always comes down to uh, the Amiga is better than the ST. But like you just mentioned, with like Jack Tramiel going to well Atari. And at the time, obviously, the old games industry was, you know, just more or less in the toilet. So by coming up with a powerful 16-bit, you know, home computer that, you know, the aim for it was to be affordable, it's then, you know, kicking Commodore into coming up with, you know, a rival machine and everything. So because of EST doing so well, you know, to show that, yeah, there is an audience there, people want this product it sort of like helped kickstart, uh, you know, the, the gaming industry, and just it gave the gaming industry that shot in the arm it needed. Um, and then, like you say, as soon as it started getting towards, you know, the very late eighties, early nineties, yeah, granted, the uh, the Amiga was uh, starting to take over, but you know, at first, you only had like a few games which were stand out for VST. I'm on about like the really early days for it because there were so many things like, you know, arcade ports and stuff like that and then your old classic Atari 
games like Crystal Castles and, and, you know, Joust and stuff like that. You know, nothing that really jumps out. But then, obviously, you had a few of the, you know, amazing titles, like one of my favourite games of all times, and I'm sure you like it as well, Dungeon Master, which was like the sort of AAA game for VST. Yeah, that actually, um, that will get a heavy... Heavy um, uh, use later on when we go to the social media war. Actually, mentioned quite a few, a few times by our listeners. So yeah, Dungeon Master is definitely um, in the in the top five of all time of the ST. But um, look, um, I think I know um, a lot of people go ST. It's do you know what it actually stands for? Um, Sixteen thirty-two uh, refers to the the, um, the CPU Motorola sixty-eight thousand. Yeah, um, sixty. And a 32-bit internal, so um, yeah, that's that's a great play on words. Atari, I mean, I don't know, um, with um, model names for their uh, gear that I, I could never understand. And I think I don't think at the time I actually knew what ST stood uh, stood for. So um, and then the, I know they started with their consoles with all the um, cats, you know, the Olympics Jaguar. But um, yeah, in the in the computer range, um, yeah, Jack Trammell, very very clever. And the team at Atari at the time in '85 with the 520 ST, and um, yeah, actually, um, I forgot to ask Paul, was your uh, you see the STE? It was a 520, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the one thing that puzzles me about that, well, um, obviously we wanted to help try and push that um, STE because obviously had a much bigger color palette. But one thing I've read, and obviously being a kid, I didn't really realise this, but it would still only have the same colour lim- limitations um, that, uh, what's it called? That, um, sorry, just basic thing. Yeah, so you could only still have the same number of colours on that a normal uh, 520 ST FM could have. So even though, you know, you've got all the, ether, like, all the enhanced colour palette, you were still sort of shackled with you know, the same uh, colours to choose, well, colours to actually use on screen, which I find a bit boggling, you know, mind-boggling. And then I also remember um, looking in games magazines, like when I first got me a uh, STE type thing, and it'd be like, you'd see three or four games saying, you know, like STE only, or when you see the mail order company is listing the games, it'd be like STE only, and I think so many companies were just put off by uh, um, I don't know if it was down to confusing customers you know it'd be like going well is that a totally separate machine now you know so I think <coughs> it could have been a totally different story as well if more uh, you know developers or whatever used more of the, the STE's capabilities with you know a much bigger colour palette absolutely yeah that's you you've gone quiet mate yeah yeah <laughs> well you know that's why I'm that's learning here sweet. I'm, I'm, now, I'm learning, I'm learning. Um, you, you sort of answered my question already, Paul. Like, uh, th- with these different models, like you had the STE, so, and then the Falcon. I mean, w- what is all this? Are they just more powerful versions? Well, so, the, the Falcon only came onto the scene, I think it was in about 92, possibly 93. Um, it's a machine I've never actually used, but I remember at the time I used to buy uh, ST Format ma- ST Format magazine that was mm-hmm. uh, popular, and it was like one of the last ST magazines that was still going. Um, I think it folded probably in about '96, possibly, um, and 
they were starting to obviously try and give the Falcon a little bit of coverage and again that was meant to be a lot more powerful but I'm, I'm not too up on all the specs for it you know mm-hmm. I think I think it had a couple of games out for it but I, I can't you know say 100% but yeah it was a uh, just a totally different and it wasn't even like an ST it was just like the Atari Falcon a totally okay. standalone machine so it wasn't um, backward compatible not that I'm aware of Alex do you know uh, STE games um, you could play on it uh, I'm not sure about the earlier just STE games oh, okay. but um, yeah it was it was a final uh, it, it did actually have sort of its own line Atari Falcon as well, okay but it was um, recognised by Atari as its last ST computer. So if you have a look at it, it does look like an ST, but it's got, um, uh, you know, the colour's a bit different. It's a bit darker mm-hmm. than the, um, what do you actually call this colour? Um, it's like a grey. A grey, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, it's a little bit darker, and where the um, uh, where the label is, it's all, it's all colourful. It's got the... Um, it's got uh, blue, yellow, red, uh, where the Atari Falcon uh, logo goes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, now look, um, it, it was actually expandable to 14 meg, whereas um, the ST were around the 4 meg mark, was a max. And obviously the CPU was, um, you know, a faster Motorola chip. You had a 16 megahertz one and also a 32 meg uh, megahertz CPU as well. So it was a pretty powerful computer. But um, I... Um, Honestly, can't recall uh, too many people having it back in the day, um, and I don't remember seeing it in stores either. But then, uh, by '92, I was already off computers. I was <laughs> on to um, girls. Well, that too. And look, and, and, and I must admit, um, I yeah, the ST and 64s. But yeah, by by that time, yeah, I was already like, packed up. Yeah, they were packed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do have sorry. another question. Another question. Okay, I'm, I'm new to this, right? For gaming, which 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 model would you say is the best for me as a new user for gaming that, that that'll play yeah. most of the software? STE. STE. Go straight for the STE. So you go straight for the enhanced version. So if you're looking on um, uh, eBay or whatever, mm-hmm. so you've got your ST, you got your STF, you got your STM, STFM. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's ST, STE, STM, and STFM, but you go for the E, the enhanced version, right? Mm-hmm. Which gives you, you can plug straight into a, um, a TV, so it's got the um, uh, AV? expansion and also the, the RF. No, well, AV via that DIN socket, um, like the Commodore 64. Okay, that's around. fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stereo, yeah. obviously. Um, of course, and mm-hmm. um, and on the STE, would you believe it's actually got Jaguar ports on the left-hand side? So I may pull you that too, but you can actually use your Jaguar control pads on the STE. Uh, I, I, I honestly don't know if that's a good thing, Alex. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> it, well, okay, then plug in the Pro controller. <laughs> <for the Jaguar. laughs> now look, it, it, yeah, um, it, you've got to remember they. Um, I, it, I know Paul was saying uh, he's going to discuss about how how it all ended, but um, the ST was basically stopped because uh, Atari were onto their Jaguar. So that's that's how that actually all came about, yeah. um, which is around 90, 92, 93 mark. It is mm. just sad, really. You know, like changing, you know, trying to go for that console market, and yeah, it's like it's 
like last night I was just like looking through one of my old ST magazines and that was like one of the big features you know like Atari shifting focus and just trying to get behind the Jaguar but yeah like you said we'll get onto that in a bit one, one problem that I always have had with the ST is the joystick ports being underneath the machine do you not find that quite fiddly yeah yeah i do i do hate that and um i've actually got uh an adapter that i that i attach so that way um it's on the outside yeah um, yeah so I, it absolutely shits me to tears underneath you know checking if i've got the um you know the actual connector right the right way up uh, because i have actually bent pins before um by trying to jam a joystick and, I've, and then i'll look at it i've got it the other way around and it's like crying out loud. Um, yeah, so that underneath thing, I mean, it makes the whole case look nice and clean, but that always um, gave me the shits um, putting the um, joysticks underneath. But as I said, I, I tend to use my Jaguar pad on the STE on the left-hand side, so that's cool, and that's actually easier to get to. <laughs> okay. I actually don't mind it. Don't what, mind having it. it underneath? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got that on my... Um... XEGS as well. Atari, it's like that, and I like it. If it, yeah, it, feel, it feels like it feels like it doesn't protrude too much out, so it's sort of like there's more yeah. room. It's definitely cleaner, um, but uh, yeah, if you want to swap in and out joysticks, which I do quite a lot, because depending on the game I play, it mm. absolutely gives you the shits, and hence why. I bought this mm. ah, okay. Yeah, um, because I yeah, I mean, I used to always do it with the Commodore 64, depending on the game. You know, you, I might use a Speed King, I might use a Tech 2, a Wico, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and yeah, with the ST, forget it. It was like, well, once you <laughs> once you put the joystick mm-hmm. underneath, uh, once you connect it, don't don't actually take it out. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, one thing that um, like I wanted to mention was around that time. Uh, I think by about 1990, I had a couple of other mates who were T's and things. So that's when the whole uh, piracy and disc swapping, you know, came more to light and uh, lists of games and uh, going around the playground at school. So, you know, it's like bringing a couple of blank discs and I'll sort this out for you and everything. And across, like my mate across the road, like from where I lived, he had a 520 FM model, but because he bought this second hand, it came with like um, about two cases full of copied discs and it was like this is amazing you know like and on this disc it's got two games on this disc it's got a few more and I just remember just being in awe of all these games to try out you know for the machine and uh, I think that's just one of the big memories of you know the ST (laughs) even though it is uh, you know a bit naughty doing all the copying yeah, I think we're making up for that now, um, buying up all the original stuff. I know I was being interviewed um, uh, by someone a few days ago, and I was saying exactly that, that, yeah, it was naughty, but um, unfortunately there wasn't much money kicking around back then to go out and spend $40 for a disc. Uh, about to ask, is that how much it be worth for, say, like one of your big box games, you know, like big box new releases? Yeah, yeah, they were around the $40 mark. And I know, because I well, obviously we used to get a lot of the Brit mags here, um, I used to always see tapes at, at, at 9 quid, and um, I think the discs were 29 or, or 19. I can't remember exactly how much they were, but there was always a, um, yeah, yeah um, obviously a step up for disc games. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't cheap, so hence why uh, piracy was rife um, in the schoolyard, <laughs> especially. 
Uh, I mean, I think we paid about, like, say, about £20, possibly £25. Um, the ST versions were always a few pounds cheaper than the uh, Amiga versions. Oh, and, yes. you know, it'd be like, I remember getting, I, I'd probably only be, I'd get, like, about two games a year bought for me, you know, um, if I actually wanted a brand new game. So I bought all the magazines, and you'd be just going, you'd either have to wait until it came out on a budget label eventually. Um, and then you also had like things which only came out on budget labels. We had this like uh, great little budget label, and there was a game that I caught that I bought years ago called Dogs of War, and it just came in like a little plastic sleeve, and I think it was like three pounds. So that's what five or six dollars for you guys. Nice, but, but yeah, it was just like a bit like Harry Warriors. So oh, yeah, wow. there were a few options to get some cheap stuff, or you'd just keep going to like any local game shops and seeing what we've got in like clearance bins and stuff because especially the time you got into the um like 91 possibly 92 the st sections were just tiny you know it was just more or less amiga and consoles yeah yeah i think the same shift happened here around um yeah 91 92 um there was still amiga stuff st started to shrink but yeah, look, what, what used to always spin me out was, um, yeah, Amiga and ST games, they'll, they'll port the Amiga game to the ST or vice versa, and it's like, well, what's the point? Um, you know, you want to take advantage of each hardware's, um, you know, power, so um, yeah, the fact that a lot of companies, obviously to save time, they'll make a game for the Amiga and then just do a straight port for the ST, bang, done. And then when the reviewers get it, uh, it was always the same thing, oh yeah, it plays exactly like the Amiga or, you know vice versa and it's like well okay it doesn't really matter which uh, computer you really own but um, I know people go oh but hang on there was this and that yes it's true there was games on the ST that were you know they played heaps better than the Amiga and vice versa but uh, more or less they were direct ports um, which would um, yeah which would have pissed me off if I bought the games but I didn't yeah. and <laughs> and I, I must admit out of all the computers I had probably the ST was the most pirated one that I had I reckon 90 five percent of my stuff was pirated which is not a good thing at all um, naughty boy um, yeah 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 it's it, it's really bad as i um look it was oh we all so, did it uh, man we all did it i'm only stirring uh, no i know no. so, <laughs> we I, I did it for the Commodore 64 don't get me wrong but on the st it was on another level like it was, <laughs> Uh, I was I was actually driving, you know, 40 kilometres away to a guy's garage, you know, swapping discs. It was really, really... Uh, shady. <laughs> oh, shady to the max, dude. Shady to the max. I remember, yeah, going to this guy's garage and he had boxes of Amigas and STs. I'm thinking, these obviously fell off the back of a truck. I'm not going to ask questions. Um, so, yeah, and I would have been, I would have been, what, 15, 16, so... Um, and I had a mate that was older that was driving us, obviously, but... It didn't look good, man. If um, yeah, if people were walking past, I think, what are these louts doing here? So, um, <laughs> no, nah, all we're doing, was, all we're doing was uh, swapping discs. <laughs> um, what was the magazines like over in um, in Australia? You know, in regards to over here in the UK, we had like uh, ST Action, ST Format, ST User, and you know, they all came with cover discs. ST Action was obviously just games and nothing else. But the other two were a bit more, you know, like a few games covered, but quite a lot of utilities as well, you know, to make the most out of, 
you know, the music capabilities and uh, there's like all sorts of stuff, you know, that you could do like different video packages and things. Something that, you know, me as a 11 or 12 year old was not interested in. But um, I've just loved buying all the magazines. I mean, apart from that, we had, you know, multi-format magazines like CBG and a magazine called Zero and Ace. But what was it like over there? Exactly the same, my friend. Um, whatever was happening in the UK was definitely happening here. So we we basically um, were a mirror image of the UK. Um, whatever was going over there, and, um, it it shifted towards the US in the um, in the nineties uh, with the consoles. But during the eighties, it was pretty much we were a mini UK. Um, it was all about yeah, Amstrad sixty four. People tell me that there were Spectrums. I don't recall Spectrums anywhere, but apparently there were. And the magazines, definitely. I mean, um, you know, your Zap, your CMVG, your Crash, um, uh, Start, um, Amiga Format, SD Format, uh, all of those came here. They were bloody expensive, and they were always three months late. So you guys would have been, um, you know, in April, you would have probably had your May issue. We would have gotten that May issue in September, but we didn't care. We did not care. Um, I would always go to the news agents and just stock up. I didn't like the magazines that didn't have too many games in them, so I'd always flick through, and if they only had one or two reviews, I'd be like, ah, oh, no, I'll leave that. And I'd always get the magazine that had a lot more game stuff um, in it. So um, that's what I was um, aiming for. But, yeah, no, the Brit magazines um, <clears throat> were the best. And I know, um, yeah, Daz, Daz was a huge fan too, so... Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so... Let's obviously talk more about the games, really, because yeah, I had to mention good. I had to mention magazines because I'm really into my gaming magazines and everything. And now in my games room, I just seem to be getting more and more and more of them, you know. And that's what's taking up room. But obviously, <laughs> I, I stand by the ST having a lot of good games through it. And like you just mentioned, Alex, some of them were ports. But you know, if you had an ST, there were still loads of great games to play on. Absolutely. So, what, what were some of your favourites? My favourite was, um, uh, well, I've got a few, but um, I don't know, people on the Amiga will say, well, yeah, it's on the Amiga, but I particularly loved playing Hostages. Um, it was an Infogrames uh, game. Um, Technocop was another one. Um, I know it's not, it doesn't make on anyone's even top 30 list, but uh, I love playing that game on the Commodore 64, uh, the Commodore, on the Atari, it was 40 and Slip. <laughs> Freudian slip, damn you, Daz. <laughs> Putting me off. <laughs> um, look, uh, there was a few shoot 'em ups on there that I absolutely love playing. I love playing Blood Money, Sidewinder, Lethal Excess. Um, but the absolute favourite was Leatherneck. I, I absolutely, so when you mentioned Ikari Warriors before, my ears bricked up. It's like, I love that game so much that when I saw Leatherneck on the ST, I just thought, wow, this is just. Amazing. I'm is that is is that the exclusive? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you can get on the um, Amiga, dude. I'm, I've never heard I'm of it. Sure. So, Leatherneck. No, never heard of it. Wow. Okay. I wow. must have played well, it. It rings a bell, but I've, like I say, is, I've, I've got my own list, and it's uh, quite different to yours, which is good. Good to hear. It's an Akari. It's an Akari Warriors ripoff. <laughs> okay. It looks. It looks awesome, and the sound. Oh, I love the sound. Like when the guys get shot. Yeah, it's just, it's funny. It's um, yeah, play with two plays. It's uh, it's awesome. Oh, um, excellent. Oh, it looks all right. Yeah. 
No, it does. It hmm. does. And I, look, I reckon, uh, yeah, um, Dungeon Master, obviously, Paul. Yeah, that's that's always going to be up there. I reckon Bubble Bubble was a great uh, conversion. Um, uh, type um, and I've got a few others but I won't go into those because I'm pretty sure others will probably cover them later on but no, um, there was a lot of ST games that yes you could play them on the Amiga as well but um, some just felt right um, on the ST for some bizarre reason for me mm. but, um, yeah. I suppose it comes down to as well like which machine you play on them first and like I said because the ST was my first machine it's always going to have that place in my heart um, yeah. but yeah I mean even now when I look at games, I'm into like all my RPGs and things. So playing Dungeon Master for the first time when you're thinking this game is massive, you got loads of different characters, uh, there's different ways to play the game and everything like that. So it's uh, really, really good. Um, the other, the other uh, one, I don't know if you played it, a game called Hunter? No. No. Um, basically, it's, it's a massive um, game where you're on an island and it's uh, more of the um, about 3D type polygon type things but you're having to like try and assassinate people I classed it ages ago as a very very primitive version of uh, Far Cry 3 um, oh. because there's loads of different weapons uh, sorry, loads of different cars and bikes to use to get around the uh, island um, it's just absolutely fantastic uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely have a look at Hunter. Um, and another game, Midwinter. They did one and two. Uh, I've not played those for a very long time though, so I can't remember how they play. Um, another great ones, a really massive fan of me, Point and Click Adventures. So things like Zap McCracken uh, and Monkey Island, you know, like a couple of classic LucasArts games. And Absolutely. Then, I played like Legend Suit Larry for the first time ever, and when you're a kid and you're a kid, <laughs> this is going to be brilliant. You've got to answer questions right, and the more you get right, the ruder the game is. I'm going to see pixelated breasts. This is the best thing ever, and you'd be like going downstairs to just go, uh, Mom, uh, what's the capital of such a country? Why? No need. <laughs> Running back upstairs. Oh, that's three out of five right now. We're gonna get it a bit saucy, you know. And it, it, it was just great, great times. And another one um, that I absolutely loved, and I know it's out on other machines, but Defender of the Crown. Uh, you know, some of the CinemaWare games were fantastic, and like Defender of the Crown was such a good game because it had so many different styles of gameplay in this one game, you know, and. It definitely stood out, and then obviously you've got like companies like Gremlin who put out so many great games like Supercars, Lotus, Harley Quinn. You know, so there's, there's tons to choose from. Really, really is. Absolutely, yeah. No, that's the. Um, it was. It was really, really hard to actually stick to. Um, I guess all top five for myself, but um, yeah, I mean, I know there was Captain Blood. I love playing that as well. Um, uh, Stunt Car Race at that time. Oh, God, yeah. So, the list, the, yeah, the list goes on and on and on. But um, but even that uh, Power Pack that you were saying that came with the um, STE, that, you know, with all the arcade conversions there, you had more, well, I think R-Top was in there as well. Yeah, yeah, it was. Nebulous and after. Oh, God, so, that Nebulous so, is brilliant. 
Yeah, yeah. So all these all these great games. Um, uh, yeah. So you'll be you'll be hard pressed to say, look, uh, you know, you can't find any 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 really good games on the ST. Now there's a ton of them, absolute ton, of, and and for all kinds of players. You know, if you want, you shoot them up, beat them up. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, RPG type uh, point and click. They're all there. So um, yeah. But if you're an Amiga fan, you want to stick with the Amiga. Yeah. Okay. Fine. But, yeah. yeah. Least, yeah. There's um there's just two things like yeah. I know obviously we'll go back to the games in a moment, but like when when I mentioned obviously getting the ST, I mean one getting the ST, you know, it was a case of oh, it can be educational. So I remember um getting fun school, which is absolutely awful. And it's like this educational game, which <laughs> is fun, you know, and it was like aimed at we had like seven and under. 12 and under and you know I was like nah I, you know I could just couldn't get into it at all because for me it was like listen I know you bought me this to use for school as well but nah it's my games machine you know um, one thing that we didn't touch upon before was you know obviously like I say I can get back to games in a sec but did you ever use like the MIDI ports to because like one of the big sell point, selling points was playing that MIDI maze game which was like a massive multiplayer game, which I've never ever played. And I read about it, and I see pictures of it in magazines. And the idea of linking so many uh, Atari STs together sounds amazing. Absolutely, and and to mind to blow your mind, you can actually link up to an eight-bit uh, Atari as well, so you can play MIDI Maze. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Look, and I have to thank. Um, Alex Serblander from Weird and Retro for that. He introduced me to it, and I thought oh, I got to get this. It was we had the best fun playing MIDI Maze, and yeah, look if you if you see it, definitely grab it. Um, yeah, and hooking up multi, um, basically like a LAN party type thing with your uh, with your STs. Yeah, MIDI Maze is amazing, amazing, and you don't have to have an ST as I said. You can have a um, Atari 8 bit as well um, to hook it up, and yeah, away you go. That's really lots surprising. But yeah. well, it's, it's so far ahead of its time to do something like that. You know, we, we're going back now, getting on for 30 years. Um, the other thing was, did you have STs in school? No, we didn't. Um, no, we not actually had, um, We actually had BBC Micros. <laughs> All right. I mean, like I said, I'm, what, I'm 36 now. But, like, for, for music, um, well, we had Micros as well but like for, in the music classes the time I got to high school they had um, some 1040 ST set up you know to use Cubase and everything like that and again I still can never use Cubase at all but it just shows again like schools having STs in there as well and it'd be like oh yeah I've got an ST you know the 520 model but it was so proud to see that you know but yeah, that's uh, that's me going off a bit of a tangent there. But yeah, let, let's get back to the games. Yep, considering games, we'll go to the to the uh, social wall. How's that sound? This sounds like it could be interesting because I'm hoping we get quite a bit of backup from Atari loving well listeners. Well, as um, Alex said, there was a big response. There was, Daz, and I know you were uh, giving me shit the other day. Um, <laughs> how, how, how am I going to? How how will I read out one tweet? Um, yeah, <laughs> we, actually we actually got our biggest ever um, t- uh, response, response on Twitter, anyway. But um, uh, yeah, yeah. 
but I don't know. Do you want to go Facebook? Um, All right, I'll first, go. Or you go on to- I'll, I'll go on to Facebook. Let's go, go on to Facebook. And look, we got a we got a shout out to um, um, Aaron Clement for that. He's he's been absolutely awesome um, mm-hmm. on Facebook for us. So thanks, Aaron. You're a legend. You're good, go good bloke, Aaron. Okay, uh, we have a few here actually. So, okay, uh, Rob Caporetto starts off. Tough, because I'm, I'm on the Amiga team, so most ST titles can think, I can think of are usually better there. More colours, better sounds. Okay, that's it. That, that's, that's, that's it for the wall. No, I'm joking. <clears throat> okay, but a few ST specifics I can think of which I can appreciate. Um, Odes? 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 Odes. Odes. It's like one of the best standout games for the ST. Okay. It's um, a bit like the game uh, Thrust, if you've ever played that. Yep. You know? Mm-mm. But yeah, that, there's a lot of love for that on the ST. It's not a game, it's not my type of game, but there's a lot of fans, you know, of that, definitely. Okay, cool. Uh, Super Sprint, uh, Star Strike Plus. That was Rob. Thank you, Rob. Uh, Mr. Aaron White. He's back. Oh, God. He's going to slag it to anything. <laughs> if if I had to say, then I can think of two. Enduro Racer and Slap Fight. Only because they didn't get Amiga conversions. That may change, though, in the next year or so, as somebody's working on Enduro Racer port for the Amiga. I oh, like Aaron. Oh. Oh, it's, a, it's not going to be the same, mate. It came out on the ST and that's it. It's <laughs> Uh, Eric Gustafsson, an, another Team Amiga fan here. I always liked Star Trek The Rebel Universe on the ST, partially because there was never an Amiga port. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I oh, mean, neither. Oh, damn, uh, <laughs> Cook Fu Lim, uh, where Time Stood Still was a good ST exclusive versus Amiga up until a recent conversion. Uh, also, Falcon was better on ST. Then there was sixteen. Then there was a sixteen-player MIDI maze too. There you go. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny with the where Thompson still actually acquired that uh, a few months ago on the uh, Specky One Two Eight. I'm yet to play it, but I've heard it's a really good game. Uh, mm, it's it it looks different. I only grabbed it because it was uh, yeah, it was um yeah, it was only released yeah on the ST. And the uh, Specky One Two Eight, as far as I know. So there you go, and and I think there's going to be an Amiga version. So yeah. Oh, I was about to slap yeah. off the Amiga. No, nah, no, nah. yeah, they're actually releasing <laughs> the Amiga version for it. Uh, Michael Dodd, Bubble Bubble, Star Glider, Dungeon Master, Populous, and Xenon Two. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean Xenon Two sounded amazing, and Bitmap Brothers, um, all their games on the ST just they played so well. Because uh, that's what I played Speedball 2 on, first of all. Same with um, Xenon 2. You know, it sounded amazing. <clears throat> um, and obviously, great to hear Dungeon Master. What was the other one that you just mentioned? Uh, Populous. Populous. Star, See, Star Glider I, and Bubble Bubble. Bubble. I've always struggled to get into Populous, but yeah, when you about it gets it gets a lot of love. Like, you know, Populous and Powermonger are just... Even though I do like strategy games, I just struggle to get into them. What about you, Alex? Do you like it? No, no, not no. on um, not on computers, um, unfortunately. So um, yeah, for me, it was always um, hard, fast action. <laughs> you have to be 
had to, had to get into it. If I, if I needed a mouse, um, yeah, my attention span was about two seconds and then I would turn it off. Um, <laughs> so I did, I, did, I, did, I did miss out on a lot of good games. Um, the other one that I actually sat through playing was Defender of the Crown. Um, uh, yeah, but other games, look, I, I would turn them on. Obviously, being a pirate, you would turn it on, make sure it works, you know, mm. play for a couple of minutes, and then you turn it off and never to see the light of day. Mm-hmm. But you can say, I've got the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, missed out big time, man. Mm. I, I did. Yeah, I was, I was, I was more. Yeah, I didn't get into those games either. I was more um, um, Megalomania, but Sensible Software. Oh, that's amazing. That 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 game is, is is an amazing game. I nearly finished it actually, but okay. Oh well, I better not keep going because then um it's yeah, gonna go for, for two yeah. hours. <laughs> I just get excited because I really like that's- um I really like that game. So, but uh, yeah, Paul. Okay. So what else? Oh, who else? Jean Claude Van Damien says Gauntlet oh. <laughs> 2 Xenon Super Sprint Oids and Pang uh, Pang Pang oh that's yeah. a great game yeah, it's, a, it's good on on everything I think yeah 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 uh, Graham W Wopke No Second Prize Time Bandit Dungeon Master Gauntlet 2 and for a curveball let's throw in Rock and Roll Clams Claims into the list. Oh wait, there's more. Uh, and I will also mention the uh, the ST version of Defender of the Crown is superior to the Amiga version. Really? How yes. is that? Hmm. I don't know. I think I've only played the ST version. Yeah. And then Aaron White jumps in. None, as they are all better on the Amiga. <laughs> oh, Aaron, dude. <laughs> I'm seeing him in a couple of weeks. We'll have words. Yeah, words, please. <laughs> well, that's it for the Facebook wall. Yeah, oh, is that it? That's is it. That it does. That's it, mate. <laughs> All right. What's um, Twitter? Twitter. Matt Lacey, Lacey Senior, Treasure Island, Dizzy, Speedball Two, Buggy Boy, Monkey Island, and probably Arkanoid, because it's the first I remember playing playing it, and he also enjoyed Metro Cross. Wow. There's a blast from the past. Uh, glowing, glowing rice from the US. Um, one to five, Lamatron. Yeah, that Jeff Pintartaya. Um, and he says, "Ooh, Mod Tracker Two. It's a music program, but has a mini super breakout game in the corner." Uh, there we go. A game in the within a utility. That's pretty cool. Um, extent of the Jam. Louis uh, Gorenfeld. Um, the only thing I have on my ST is Lamatron, and it is brilliant best version there we go so lots of love for Lamatron <clears throat> Jody Robs ex uh, ex UK living in Australia at the moment never owned one. Oh, come on mate never owned one but my mate did in no order ST Karate Xenon 2 um, Speedball 2 Turrican 2 and Kickoff 2 jeez all the twos are covered there um, Joachim Sagers sorry if I butchered that name Dungeon Master, Civilization, Elite 2, F1, and Whizball. Well, like, Elite 2 was like the last big release for VST. Uh, I think it was about 93 when that came out, possibly the yeah. 94, but that was the last big, wow, you know, for VST. And then, yeah, it was gone then. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I probably, that probably... It wasn't even on, uh, even on the radar for me, but um, I'd love to actually play that. Um, so I'll look that up, definitely. Uh, Cameron Davis, Gazunta. Number five, he says, trading it in for an Amiga. Best. Number four, asking <laughs> friends if they have spare Amigas. 
three, anyone have Seegers? <laughs> two, two, or a Seeger? Uh, one, anyone? No, he says, but seriously, Stunt Car Racer was a bloody nice roller coaster ride on the ST. There we go. Damn you, Cam. No, he's all right. Um, Anthony Stiller. I didn't play the ST enough to warrant a top five, so let's go for Oids, Lamatron, and Starglider 2. There's a lot of love for Lamatron, isn't there? Yeah. I don't think I've ever played that. <clears throat> Is that an exclusive? Oh, or? Dude, uh, uh, I thought I thought it was, but I'm pretty sure it's on the Amiga as well. It, it, look, Jeff Minter, man, is... Uh, no one can produce sounds like he does those thumping beats. Um, it's just I love it, man. You, yeah, you should what he record. does is is amazing. That oh, is it, is, is it just a copy of um, Robotron? Is it? Yes, yes, but uh. with camels and stuff. Oh, love camels. Same thing. Camels. Well, they look like camels. Jeff Mitchell will be on to you in no time. Uh, <laughs> He's always at the games events in the UK and he's always really nice to chat to and you know, my co host Phil absolutely loves him, you know. Yeah, that's that's the big opinion <coughs> I reckon going to these shows, seeing all yeah. the childhood heroes uh, attending. That's what we don't have, uh, unfortunately, over here. Mm. It'll happen. It will happen. Definitely. Well, uh, yeah, unless someone big brings them all over here and pays for the trip, um, mm. pretty hard. But uh, yeah, anyway, I digress. Um, okay. SCFC 82. Mine are Rainbow Islands, Final Fight, but favourite, Granddad, Quest for the Holy Vest, and Granddad 2. Oh, wow. I've never, never heard, of heard of those. I'm surprised at Final Fight because that's, that's one game I've never really got on with on VST. I was very excited to get it, full price game. But the colours were just very drawn out, you know, and it was very dull. I, I personally no, think a- that shouldn't even got a it shouldn't even got a computer release at all on any on any computer. It just didn't work. Mm. I, was, I was I was gonna say um, some games just felt right for a computer and others didn't. And mm-hmm. Others felt fantastic on console, but there was no way you can translate them well on a computer, and that just boggles the mind. But uh, yeah, Final Fight was one of those. Um, there is no way I would have. Um, yeah, mm. um, preferred that on a computer as opposed to a console. Um, Justin Smith, uh, The Hunter. Oh, there we go. Yes, that's yeah, such a great game. Odd. Honest to God, honestly, Hunter's amazing. It is amazing. So, so good. It's well, it's pretty. It's pretty much the first sandbox game, pretty much. I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, Gods, Rampart, Monkey Island, and Lemmings. That's a good uh, list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, retro, retro Shumper, um, Dungeon Master, Starglider, Xenon, uh, Jim Grogan goes for Turbo Cup, Defender of the Crown, APB, Batman, oh, wow. and Power Drift. So yeah, a lot of uh, variation now. Um, Cheeky Chrissy, top of my head, Starglider, Overlander, Chaos Engine, Kickoff, Operation Wolf. There we go, Toto Classic. Uh, Blake Spot or Blake Patterson. Um, uh, yeah, no surprise here. He's a massive Time Bandit fan. Airball, Typhoon Thompson, Virus. Yes, Virus. Brilliant game. Um, Rogue. And uh, last but not least, Paul Robertson goes for Midwinter. Oids, which is an exclusive for the ST, just in case you've mentioned that before. Stunt Car Racer, Speedball 2, and Indiana Jones. There we go. That's here. Yeah, we had um, uh, 14 um, 
tweets on that, which is, I think, the biggest uh, response we've ever had to a question. Uh, Daz. <laughs> yes. That's I good reckon, to hear. I reckon, I reckon there's a lot of ST fans, but they're too scared to speak out because the Amiga fanboys are too loud. Uh, no, no. I think I think it, that's all the Atari ST fans because they were happy <laughs> to see that question. They all came out. Oh, so, man. Do you like that? There's a lot of that. There's a great mixture of games, you know, all different genres. And yeah, some of them are on different systems, but I've, I've played the majority of those and they're just fantastic. They really mm-hmm. are. I mean, if it, it, to be honest, if um if I was so you know trouble for room because I've got no room, I would actually go out and um get one. But it's just a uh, yeah room room wise is it's impossible. So I'm gonna see if I can get a, a good good working emulator on my Raspberry Pi. Yeah. Mm. Unfortunately, well I've got, I've got no other, I've got no other choice. Unfortunately, yeah, you know yeah, room, room yeah room. I mean, and to be honest, it's really hard to find. I just looked on eBay and I couldn't find the ST um, STE model anywhere. Yeah, look, the ST is harder. Yeah, yeah, it's for years. It's very very expensive. Um, so look, if you do pick up the um, uh, the older ones, uh, go for the FM. Um, mm-hmm. Module that are built in, so that way you don't have to connect it to an actual um, Atari monitor. Um, you can connect it to a TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got the module that are built in. But uh, yeah, steer steer clear from the original STs that came out in '85. Um, so for those people that um, uh, are looking for an ST, um, uh, yeah, the one that came out in 1985, groundbreaking. Yes, um, I wouldn't definitely. Try and go for the um, for the uh, FM at least, uh, or an E if you do find one mm. at the ST. Well, well, guys, look, look, honest opinion. I'm not tr- not slagging it or anything. I, I own an Amiga 1200. Do I really need to get an Atari STE? I mean, no, is, is it really warrant? Is, okay. the a- The answer is no, right? And um, and that's simply put down to economics of the financial sense and mm-hmm. also real estate. Now, if you had the money to burn and you had the space, I would say definitely go out and get yourself an STE or a Mega STE or a TT. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, no, you've got a you've got a twelve hundred. Um, throw out the six hundred, five hundred, um, the CD thirty two, and just keep your twelve hundred. Okay. Yeah, I probably, I probably agree with that. I do like the ST, but I think that's always been because it's been my first machine, and I was go I ever want an ST again or I want to get an A1200 and I think it'd probably go down to the A1200 you know uh, I'll, I'll just actually say this I've got the 1200 um, and it's been sitting there looking pretty but it's not connected whereas the ST is connected and I do Ooh. play it uh, so the 1200 looks great I'm looking at it right now it's beautiful but when did I turn it on last oh, probably about 12 months ago yeah, but yeah, so like it, like it comes down to because that's what you grew up with. So I mean, it, you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. absolutely, Abs- yeah, absolutely. And that's you're what familiar with it. And, and the ST uh, are are in my office, and the um, the rest are all in the uh, fun factory. <laughs> fun factory. I'll be there today. Woo-hoo. You will be there. Yeah. You will be there. Uh, oh, sorry, you will be here in a few hours. But yeah. um, before we digress, <laughs> gentlemen. Yeah. Um, Publish of the choice goes to our special guest today, yeah. and um, you can introduce it. Yeah, I've, I had a look at uh, your previous publishers. Um, I've decided to go for one who's done work on the ST. So I've gone down uh, for Rainbow Arts. 
uh, mainly just so we can talk about Turrican a little bit, which <laughs> is such a good series. And again, that was the first time I played it on my ST, although one of my mates actually had it on C64 as well. But um, yeah, I just remember getting a demo of it on a ST Action magazine. I was like, this is fantastic, amazing music. Uh, and just, yeah, a great series. I take it you guys have both loved Turrican games. I'm, I'm a huge Turrican fan. I'll have, I'll have to shoot you through a, a picture of my Turrican collection. So, huge Turrican fan. Love them. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I do I do like it, but um, it came too late for me. Um, I know it's, uh, yeah, if it came out earlier um, in the life of mm-hmm. my micros, then I would have probably, yeah, would have had the same memories of, of it as Daz. But I know Daz loses his mind every any time someone It's It's got great music done by, like, Chris Hulsbeck. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, always up there when you talk about great game music. And I can't remember if you could do it in the original Turrican, but it may have been the second one. You know, like, where you can turn into, like, a shuriken-type star? Yeah, you, you can. Yeah, you can. Yep. You could do it in both? Yep. Yeah. But you were limited in the first one. Yeah, and you had certain yeah. times, yep. And it was just like the amount of weapons you could get, you know, different power-ups and everything. I just thought, this is fantastic. And, you know, it's like jumping around uh, the levels, just looking for secret little bits and just absolutely amazing. You know, great games. Um, but I really struggled to get into them on Super Nintendo, you know, like the... Uh, Turkey games on there. They're, they're good. Yeah, they're good, but they don't feel the same, correct? They just don't feel... Yeah. It doesn't feel like Turrican. They're great, but it doesn't feel like Turrican. That's, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, no, no. It was mm. the same with uh, For Samurai. I used to love For Samurai. Uh-huh. And I've played it, you know, like on uh, consoles. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, nah. It doesn't belong. It doesn't belong. Yeah, I totally agree with you 100%. Because I did own a, a box copy of the first Samurai in the SNES. And I'm like, it looks the same as the Amiga. But it just doesn't feel the same. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's just some games belong on computers. Some games belong on on a consoles. Well, 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 here's Ooh. a weird one, Des. I um I played Turrican 2 <coughs> Amiga on the sorry on the Commodore CD TV. I shouldn't call it an Amiga, even though it is mm-hmm. on the CD TV. Uh, absolutely fantastic, but it for some reason, I mean, it's the same disc that you put in an Amiga computer, and um, it felt different. I, I, that just blew my mind. Really? Um, so it must be, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, I reckon if they opened my brain up, they would say, "Well, hang on, man." exactly the same game. <laughs> you know identical hardware why the hell do you have this um, perception but uh, yeah look I, it, I reckon it plays different on a computer for some bizarre reason as opposed to the CD TV even yeah. though it's exact I'm, I'm putting in the same disc that I put in my Amiga in the um, in the actual computer so uh, don't know how that works maybe I'm going crazy but um, yeah <laughs> look still still a great game and um, and thanks Daz for hooking me up with the CD TV by the way of course no, I mean, of course the, the thing is like with, um, I know obviously jump straight into a token there, but with Rainbow Arts, I think because I always think back to late 80s, early 90s, you know, you always see them in uh, magazines, you know, and covering some of the 8 bit stuff and also, you know, 16 bit home computers. So it was that just a quick look. It's like, oh yeah, founded in 1984, um, and then THQ bought them in 1999, and well, THQ have gone now anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I didn't realize it was them who did the uh, Great Gianna Sisters. Yeah, man. You know, uh, yeah, but I remember playing that. I'm sure I played Great Gianna Sisters on my ST and just thought, oh, yeah, it's just like Mario Brothers. But I was only a kid then, so I didn't know all that, you mm-hmm. know, all the hoo-ha of, like, you know, we got into so much trouble for it. I take Obviously, all three of us have played that, won't we? Absolutely. Of course. Absolutely loved it, man. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was the closest thing that I had to Super Mario Brothers um, on, my, on my Commodore 64 and on the ST. And see, if it wasn't for piracy, none of us would have played it. That's yeah. true, exactly. Yeah, that's true. You know, I actually prefer the 64 version over the Amiga one. Yeah, no, I, I, I have to agree with that. Mm. It, is, it is better on the 8-bit than it is on the 16. Uh, it looks clean on the 16, but mm. it plays absolutely beautiful on the 64. Mm. Yeah. So no, what are our... I do, I'd love to play that again. I mean, I know we've done, like, a bit of a more recent update. I think it was on, like, PS3, but... The PS4, and it's, it's amazing. Oh, PS4. It's Is amazing. It oh, it's amazing. I got it on the PS4. I've got I, okay. I bought I bought it when it came out digitally on on PC and PS4, and then I bought the hard copy version on PS4. It's it's an amazing game. Absolutely amazing. Okay, wow. the other one that I've, the other one that I marked down was I've not played this for a very long time, but I remember mm. getting it on one of the copied discs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, uh, Alex. The Grand Monster Slam. Which again done by Rainbow Arts, but such a weird game. I was trying to like remind myself of it, and it says you've got like two teams of monsters that meet up. The storyline says this, you know, like for these tournament games where you've just got to kick these creatures to get all the creatures on one side of the screen or something. Have you uh, ever played it? No, I've, I've no, I've never played it, but I'm pretty sure it's very, very <clears> similar <throat> to uh, brutal sports football on the Jaguar. Um, uh, yeah, but so I'll, yeah, I'm gonna have a look at it later yeah, on. Yeah, have a um, look. I've, I've, I've not played it for for what bloody hell? It must be about twenty five years now. You know. <laughs> it must have only been about eleven. You know, wow. and then the other ones were X out and Z out, which were just uh, you know shoot 'em ups. Hard, uh, hard. I'm, I've yeah. not got great patience for mm. shoot 'em ups, really. But um, those are the main ones that jumped out, even though we, we were going for quite some time you know as a company 15 years those were the big big ones that jumped out to me uh they did a version of our type but i don't know which uh computer it was for uh because obviously our type's been out on nearly every single it's a, machine uh, it's it's for all of them it's all, it's, all it's, it's actually theirs they they because there's, there's a story behind that because there's a game called kartikus which is absolutely amazing that was released on the commodore 64 and it was as as Rainbow Arts do, they um they copy a lot of other games. It was pretty much um R type but better <clears throat> on on the C sixty four. So um obviously Irene had caught wind and said, "Hey, this your game is pretty much identical to ours. Get it off the shelf." It was like the same thing as Giant Assistant, same same deal. Yeah, but it was that good of a game that they signed them up to do R type on the C sixty four. I know that for a fact. Wow, but and um, Rainbow Arts, from what I've read, purposely dumbed down R Type on the C sixty four, so it's, <laughs> so it, so it's not um, better than Kartikus. Yeah, bastards, cheeky. Bastards. Yeah, so yeah. So, was there any other games that jumped out by Rainbow Arts? For oh, for me, oh yeah, yeah. There's a few actually, and um, thankfully I own the original copies that I bought back in the day. There's a game called Danger Freak, 
which okay. is yeah, it's it's like a stuntman game, and it's I loved. It. I actually played it on the Amiga first, and I absolutely loved it. Then I came across um, when I was a kid at the shop, I saw it on the C sixty four and disc, and I bought that, and and it's got music by Chris Hughesbeck on there as well. Love it. It's mm. it's so it's so cool. Um, recommend you check it out. And um, f- funny enough, it goes for a lot of money. Actually, I posted a photo and I sent it to Chris. And he was like, wow, you have a copy of that. <laughs> I was like, yep. <laughs> but it's funny because these are games I used to, like Alex knows. I just used to go to the shop and just buy a random game and just take it home and give it a go. And, and I've just kept them. So, and, and I'm glad that I actually got that because Danger Freak is really cool. Great Jonas Sisters, obviously, is one of my favorites. All the Turricans. I really like part three on the Mega Drive, actually. It's a really good port. Um, pro- probably my favourite, besides okay, look, uh, besides Turrican, my favourite game would be Kartikus. Uh I've just pumped so many hours into that game; it's amazing, absolutely amazing. What about yourself, Alex? Anything jumping out, or have we already discussed? Yeah, yeah. Now look, um, I know Daz keeps on uh, going on about uh, Kartikus. Mm. Um, now I could have sworn that um, the game that I played was was called Denaris, right? Yes. Which I was pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised that it was called... It was then... I don't know why it was changed to Catechus, but I remember I remember as, as Denaris. Um, so I thought they actually had uh, two shoot-em-ups, but it's actually the same game. Yeah. Um, Denaris was actually yeah, re-release. Sorry? D- Denaris was, was actually re- uh, actual re-release that you could... that they actually kept on the shelf. Right, so that came after. Yes. Interesting. No, I didn't know that. There we go. Um, But I definitely don't remember Catechus at all. Like, I don't remember reading about it, seeing anything, but Daenerys was everywhere in all the magazines and um, for the the, um, 64 anyway. But uh, look, for me, yeah, X out, Turrican, Madness. Uh, But the Great Giant of Sisters was a massive uh, game changer for me because... Uh, I remember playing Super Mario Brothers at a New Year's Eve party at a cousin's place, and I just thought, wow, I want this game. Obviously, I was never going to get an NES yeah. Super Mario. So when um, Great Jonas Sisters filled that void beautifully for me, <clears> and I <throat> absolutely loved that game. And look, um, they made one absolute stinker of a game that made Double Dragon look good, and that was Street <laughs> Gang. I don't think I ever played that. Uh, never played that. Never played uh, it. Yeah, don't. Don't play it if you want. If you want to rage and start, you know, uh, throwing your um, ST or uh, you know computers out the window, then uh, yeah, play play Street Gang. It's a pile of shit. Really, it makes Double Dragon look really good, dude. For me to say that it makes Double Dragon on the sixty four look good, then you mu- then wow. you get a sense of how ridiculously crapola it is. Okay, I'm it looking at images right now to the first degree. Yeah, and you know what? You're, you're probably a saddest that you probably end up playing it. It looks like it looks like Kung Fu Master. Wow, that looks really bad. Looks oh, like no. vi- vig- Vigilante or something. Yeah, oh. it's. Yeah, I think. I think. Um, yeah, they must have been drunk one night and thought, you know, well, let's just make a game. Oh my god, the, the, the loading screen is hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, that, like, uh, oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. We should we sh- we should do an episode of the worst games ever, and I guarantee that will make it in the top ten somewhere. Oh it wow! Could be in the top. 
There you go, Paul. I've posted a link to the loading screen. Oh, Alex, oh. You, you made my day. That's hilarious. Why is the main guy posing like that? <laughs> like he's in some sort of like play. Yeah, model. <laughs> exactly. Like, hello, ladies. And then there's a punks at the back. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Cool. All right. Is that yeah. is that it for you guys for that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Okay. What, what way to uh, end the show? Yes, we'll go to our shout outs. Yes. So, go for it, guys. Oh, firstly, Paul, you go for it. Do you have any shout outs? Oh, you sure? Um, yeah, go for it. Well, big thank you to obviously uh, you guys for having me on. Um, big shout out and I'll self plug here to the rest of the Maximum Power Up team, um, Tim Pence Arcade Podcast. Uh, you guys obviously like you know virtual domination um yep. rgds like andy and his team over there um like retro asylum um so many you know and then just again like the great retro gaming community in the uk you know it's it's great nice one fantastic nice one excellent des uh shout outs again yeah, to the retro community as well out to our supporters and um thanks for sticking by us for a year that's that's awesome thank you very much <clears throat> also um thank you to aaron c who has been inducted into the press play and tape podcast team so he's yeah. he's, he's been looking after the majority of the facebook posts so um yeah from alex and i thank you very much aaron mr blood jedi yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's the best, isn't he, Aaron? Um, yeah. He just took like a duck to water. Just um, yeah, I love love his work. Love all the stuff that he's got, and I reckon we need to go down to Tassie, um, Daz, because it sounds like it's an untapped market down there for retro stuff. Yeah, and he, he seems to refuse to send up any um any uh, equipment to you know to our mainland. You know, he's very hesitant. So um, well, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's what. We're going to jump on the spirit of Tassie <laughs> with our cars, so that way we fill them up to the top and we can we come back. Nah, thanks yeah. a lot, Aaron, man. You're a legend. Um, yeah, shout-outs to everyone that's listening to the podcast, um, everyone that we interact with on Twitter, on Facebook, on uh, Instagram. Um, yeah, I absolutely love the, um, the retro community all around the world, mm-hmm. from the US to the UK, even to uh, the Asian countries in South America and South Africa, would you believe? But mm. um, yeah, man, it is, it is an awesome community that keeps on growing, and I absolutely love it. It brings a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. So yeah. all you guys rock, play games, enjoy them, and yeah, don't get caught up with um, yeah any of the heavier stuff, man. Exactly. Just, yeah, enjoy it. <laughs> I actually, and um, yeah, thanks. Uh, biggest thanks to to Paul as well. Thank you, Paul. For, of course. And um, oh, yeah, for yeah. um, for, for touching base and letting us know that we made in the top like eighty or a hundred of the UK iTunes gaming charts. I mean, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a really really um good <clears throat> last week or so. Um, because obviously I was checked to see like how you know we've got on and stuff, and to see you know retro dominations being in there. Um, oh, what else? Uh, obviously, things like Tempence Arcade, you know, Dreamcast Junkyard, Retro Asylum, you know, like all these fellow shows, you know, like people who we speak with, you know, daily. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's great because obviously we do this as a hobby, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's fun and everything. And sometimes we all know it's time consuming, but, you know, we, we love the community. It's It's such a good community. 
you know, we say that all the time. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, again, thank you for having me on. Again, uh, anyone who's not checked out, um, sorry, cheap plug. Uh, anyone who's not <laughs> checked out Maximum Power Up, uh, again, just best way really on Twitter, just at Maximum Power Up, because then that links to all our shows, website, and everything. Of course. Sorry for a cheap plug. Oh, no, nothing cheap about that, man. Oh, I love the show, love the show. Um, also, before before I go, sorry, Alex, before I go, a big thank you to the, all the supporters on Retro Domination Podcast as well, because we've hit four years. So, um, yeah, that's that's Ooh, like... Yeah, four years. I mean, wow. You know, I wouldn't even thought we would have lasted two. You know what I mean? Because like, you know, we're just a bunch of guys. We're like, we get tired. We're old, and we're like, ah, grumpy. You know, get off my lawn. But uh, but we've but we've lasted four years, and and yeah, we don't, don't think we're going to be stopping for a while. So you know, thank th- thanks for everyone's support on that on that behalf too. So thank you. It, that you know, I will say as a collective from the RD team. So. Well yep. done for your first year of uh, press play on tape as well. Thank you. You know, Ooh. it, it comes you. on so quick. And like you say, for, for, you know, you guys have got other stuff going on as well as this. Mm. So it's great that, you know, you're putting out content each month. You know, mm. I'm not just saying that because I'm on, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a fair point. Well, you, yes. you've, you've hit one year as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah We've just, yeah. just, just gone past one year. And it's absolutely flown by, you know. Mm. And uh, as you know, it's about coming up with new ideas and keeping things fresh. And yeah, all good. Well, that's it. When you're having fun, exactly. Okay. Well, that's it. Right. And on that, on that note, gentlemen, it was a pleasure. Uh, I'm going to go back to bed. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I was about to say it's nine o'clock over there or something. Yeah, nine thirty. (laughs) Yes. 9.30am on a Sunday and uh, what, uh, past midnight there now? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 25 to 1. I'm going to uh, get a few hours sleep and then uh, I've got five side 40 tomorrow. So, uh, oh, well. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, just for fun, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah. Crap awesome. playing football, but yeah, bit of fitness as I'm getting older and need the fitness. <laughs> yeah. You mean soccer, Paul? Not, not yeah, football. Yeah, soccer, sorry. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. Fuck, yeah. Fuck soccer, it's football, man. It's football. <laughs> uh, dude, I'm such a troll. You, you, you bite straight yeah. away. I know I well. don't. It's because I'm too polite not to. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Sorry, to just start giving it back. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, we, we better stop because we'll go for another hour. So um, I, 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 I have got to say, though, I was quite disappointed that we didn't get to just talk about Heartbreak High for... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite australian thing you want australian oh, don't, i'm not going to go into it i'm going to go oh those will go for another hour like i said but thank you everyone for joining us thank you paul thank you alex thank you me Thanks, yeah. <laughs> okay until next time au revoir Bye. Bye.